Today is Wednesday, January 9th, and you're listening to Life in General with Ron Tang. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Uh, we are back, and uh, it is finally January 9th, which is, well, everybody's week should start. January 7th after the holidays that's officially when everybody gets back to work and uh, I'm also adjusting back into society after two weeks of regularly eating yourself eating myself into a stupor and slipping into comas with no sense of time so um, I've just been doing nothing uh, at all and I'm actually about to go away for another week before I get back to work so um I will be off uh, social media because where I'm going, will there will be... Well, you're going to have to pay for Wi-Fi. And I haven't even been on online that often. So I have no idea what's going on in the social media worlds and, and trends, tw- Twitter trends and, and Reddits, um, you know, any type of these social media challenges out there. Is there is there a new challenge going on right now? These challenges, um, I find that it's it's always just Darwinism thinning out the herd anyway. Uh, nothing special is just dumb people, mostly white people, uh, doing dumb shit. So yeah, um, I actually want to try doing a movie review this time, and uh, it's something I've thought about doing for a while. And this this movie especially because this is a a film that stood out with me, and it's like my main influence for you know lifestyle writing. It's just this is something that stuck out to me so vividly. This movie, Ken Park, that came out in 2002, I was, I think, 14 when I saw this movie, and I was blown away not by how good it was, but how much it actually shocked me, and the the shock value that came with it, and I was like, wow, this is really, this is not a movie I'm supposed to be watching, and it just, for, for that time, I guess, you know, there was a lot of controversial movies, but that one was so controversial, to me, at least, and I thought, like, wow, people actually make movies of stuff like this, you know, it's more shocking than Kids, Gummo, I don't know if you guys are familiar with these films, um, you know, it, it's, a lot of films have been heavily influenced by movies like this, and, and I believe, you know, it like Lords of Dogtown. Uh, what's what's that movie where four four friends they go see the Kiss the Kiss concert? I don't remember that one, but you know the recent mid '90s by Jonah Hill. That the one I gave that review, and you know I didn't I didn't like it that much. Um, it's so all these movies are so PG compared to Ken Park, and um, I wanted to do this movie review. So if you guys are are still curious. Um, keep listening but uh if you want to see the movie at some point although i highly doubt it because it didn't get much commercial success you know it's not like critically acclaimed it's not really out there so you can either skip past this or turn it off if you don't want any spoilers and decide to go check this movie out yourself as i've mentioned it's about a kid named ken park but he's not he's not really in the movie so this movie starts out 
in, in a small town, you see the streets sort of like the Sopranos intro, the town of Visalia. It's a small town in California. And the opening sequence was just him skating on the streets till he hits up a skate park. And we don't know he's actually Ken Park. He's the kid that this movie's about. So Visalia is a predominantly like white neighborhood, very small town, and it's about four friends. There's there's Tate, Sean, uh, a girl Peaches, and Claude. So the kid Sean mostly narrates the whole movie, right? And as fucked up as he is, he's the normal one out of the bunch. So it starts off with him, uh, you know, he's beating up his little brother in his room, and then he lights a cigarette. He must have been like 14, 14 years old. So he's beating up on his little brother, making him apologize for nothing. I thought it was going to get sexual, but no, the brother like pushes him off and then fucking punk rock rancid starts playing, right? So I'm already liking this movie because I was a skater kid and I was like in the same scene. And then he skates to his girlfriend's house, right? The door is unlocked because this is California. He walks in his girlfriend's house, but she's not there. But the little sister's there, like, She's watching, she's playing with Barbie dolls and watching like MTV and like these programs where women are just like naked on the beach, like something like Baywatch. So you can see she's sort of like being influenced heavy by the TV. Um, so he goes upstairs and there's the girlfriend's mother. She just, you know, she looks like a uh, a hot older blonde woman that's just folding laundry, you know. Seems seems normal, you know. She's home during the day. The husband's out. She's folding laundry. So they get to talking. It's like, oh, is she is she here? No, so and so is not here. And then it's just them two in the room. And then he's like, can I eat you out? His his girlfriend's mother's like, uh, not now, sweetheart. I'm 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 about to do laundry. So that's fucked up. So you know, there's already uh stuff happening there. And then later on, that actually does take place in the bedroom. So then there's there's that, and then after he skates off to to the bus stop at school to catch his girlfriend, and then cuts to our other male character uh, Claude, who is uh, living at home, and the the mother is is pregnant with his younger sibling, and we found out that his dad uh, hates hates the fact that he likes a skateboard you know he's very masculine he wants him to man up and you know because skater kids are generally scrawny they sag their pants and all they do is skate and you know and smoke pot and they're up to no good right so his dad he's outside bench pressing and he's asking he's telling him to he's telling claude to bench press and he's like no it's not my thing da, da, da. and he's like why are you a fag do you do you like girls and he confronts him about you know, or questions his sexuality. He's like, what the fuck? And he's like, what do you mean, what the fuck? Don't talk to me like that. So that, you know, he's already got problems at home. And it doesn't take too long till we find out that uh, he's living with a very abusive father. And then there's uh, Peaches, who's dealing with an overly religious father, right? Who who you can tell. So she, I think she's like Hawaiian or uh, Filip- Filipino, played by this beautiful actress by the name of uh, Tiffany, Tiffany Limos. So... She's sitting there having having lunch with the boyfriend, and then the the dad talks a bit about God, and you can sort of tell like he's kind of forcing um, Roman Catholicism or, or Christianity to the table, and you know they kind of want to do their own thing. So she kind of leaves the table, and then it cuts to Tate, who is the most fucked up out of the whole movie. And at one point, I remember that Tate, played by James Ransone, he he does autoerotic asphyxiation, which to which to me at that time, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what is he doing? Is he choking himself while he's masturbating? 
And I didn't even know what that was at the time. I just thought, okay, that, that was weird. Um, so Tate, he, he lives with his grandparents, and there's no backstory of where the parents went. So he lives with his grandparents, and he's very abusive towards them. And the grandparents are actually very caring. They're very loving of him, but they just don't understand him, which is normal for a teenager, right? The relationship with, you know, uh, two generations apart. So he's in his room, and uh, the grandma asks if he wants any fruit. She walks in, and he's like, no, what the fuck, grandma? I told you I don't want anything. So shoves her out and then throws the fruit at her. Dog's barking, and then he starts cussing at the dog, and the dog, you can tell, has three legs, and then he threatens to rip the other one out. That, was, that to me, was another sighting. I was like, wow, okay. Uh, but, you know, I just wanted to keep going, right, because it was interesting to me. Right now, you can tell that Tate is, like, a big asshole, and he has a lot of... Uh, <coughs> a lot of uh, psychological problems and anger issues. So then he's pissed off. He starts, uh, so it cuts to another day where he starts playing Scrabble. I think that the grandpa did a word that he didn't agree with, so he had to check the dictionary to verify if it was if it was uh, a valid word. It turns out that he was right. So then he cusses them both out, flips the table, and then walks outside to where a few few children are skipping rope, and he just sits there. So the kid offers him candy and he just sits there and watches these little girls skip rope, which is very, very odd. And what's even what's even more fucked up is that on a spare time, he's in his room uh, looking at pictures of starving women and children in third world countries. And he starts giving them nicknames with a permanent marker. But that was actually not the most disturbing part of that scene. Uh, the most disturbing part was like you actually see him get up and beat the dog, the three legged dog, and then threatens to pull the other one out. While the dog, you can sort of see, like, I don't know how it works with dogs as actors, but you can tell, like, he was actually scared, like, whimpering, right? And then back to the other characters. Now, Claude is trying to cut his uh, pregnant mom's toenails, and then he goes to this, uh, goes back outside to skateboard. The dad walks in, the alcoholic father, of course. He's got a drink in his hand. And... He's looking at him in a skateboard with this, like, disdain look in his face. Like, you know, he hates everything about him. Why can't his son be a man like him? So he looks at him for a while while he's skating in the backyard and then walks up, crushes the skateboard, hits his son across the face, and then the kid just just leaves the house, cuts to a sequence where he's, like, smoking pot and, you know, telling his other skater friends about how fucked up his life is at home. And then now cut to Peaches again, where and now we see her uh, in the bedroom with the boyfriend. We just find out that she's totally into S&M. So she cuffs him and then she starts spitting in his mouth. Right walks in the father. He pulls her hair and then, you know, starts beating the shit out of this guy who's already chained up against the bed. So, you know, he's he's beating the blue out of him or the blue balls out of him. Um, he gets this uh, this old album of this wedding photography of the mother. And you can tell it's like, it's another picture. It's like a prop pic of, of Peaches. And it says like, this is what your mother looked like when she was young. You guys are identical. How can you guys have turned out so different? And then for some reason, after he beats her, she puts the mother's old wedding dress on her, like on top of her, just throws it on top of her and then starts reciting uh, verses from the Bible about how she's a whore and how she's going to get punished. She's going to go to hell. So that was pretty fucked up scene. And then uh, back to 
back to Sean. Now we find out that uh, he he's eaten his girlfriend's mother out a few times, and now he's falling in love with her. And this is actually considered like statutory rape uh, for the mom. And then uh, he asks the mother, like, "Oh, who's bigger, me or your husband?" This is like before before he comes home. We actually never get to see him. Like he's at work most of the time. Um, and then back to Claude. Claude Claude goes home after a day hanging out with his friends, and then we uh, we see his dad out with one of his coworkers in a truck trying to pick up prostitutes. He comes home drunk, takes a piss, and then walks into Claude's room. Um, we see that uh, his dad try tries to get uh, his dad tries to get on top of Claude, starts unzipping his pants, and he wanted to perform fellatio on him, and then he pushes his dad off, and he's like, "Dude, Dad, what the fuck are you doing?" And the dad starts whimpering like, oh, nobody loves me. Nobody loves me. So now we find out what the actual issue is with the father. He just never received enough love as a child. And he's overcompensating by, uh, you know, always appearing over overly masculine, which is not an uncommon thing. That was pretty much the whole movie. And um, so after that, it cuts to, to Ken Park, like the actual, the guy in the beginning who only appears, Ken Park only appears in the beginning of the movie and at the end it's sort of like, it's, it's the same thing. Um, so these four friends, they all know, they all know Ken Park. Ken Park uh, is just sitting there. Oh wait, before that happens, um, there's one last scene. I forgot, how can I f- forget this? Um, the, the last scene actually, because the, the ending of Ken Park was actually, uh, it's like credits and then it was him. Tate, the guy that abuses his grandparents, he um, he you see, we see him naked on the bed, so he gets up, cuts himself a piece of uh cherry cake from the kitchen, grabs the knife, goes into his grandparents' bedroom while they're asleep. So he starts brutally stabbing his grandfather to death, and then the grandmother's beside. She's crying. She sees everything, and then she's like, "Tate, no, don't do this. I love you. I love you." And he doesn't say anything and then like just stabs his grandmother a few times and uh, you see blood everywhere. He just grabs his grandfather's dentures, puts it on and then goes into his own bedroom to record a confession tape. And then the last sequence is him in a cop car. And then it cuts to Ken Park. Now Ken Park's in a park bench with his girlfriend and then um, we see that the girlfriend's clearly pregnant. They have this talk about either whether they're going to keep it or not. I think the girlfriend wants wants to get an abortion, and then um, and then he thought about uh, his own mother, whether she thought about getting an abortion with him or not. He doesn't know, but he realizes at that point that he would have rather been aborted. That's actually what happens before we see the beginning uh, part of the movie where he skates to the park. So and then he skates off to the park, just like the beginning sequence where the song, one of my favorite songs, La Marva Noy by The Bouncing Souls is playing. And it goes so good with the intro um, when they're showing the town of Visalia. So after he gets to the skate park, he pulls out a gun and a camcorder, looks around with uh, at all the other skater kids, looks into the camera, and just blows his brains out. And that is the movie. And that concludes uh, Ken Park, which pretty much scarred me for life. But at the same time, it blew me away. Um, you know, it stayed with that. That sort of theme stayed in my head all the years I was skating, listening to music, and I still do. And like, it just this is something that stuck with me. I can't say, uh, you know, uh, it was 
I can't say it's my favorite movie. I can't say I hated it. It definitely stood out. Uh, it definitely made it, uh, created some sort of an impact on me. You know, there's themes, that lifestyle, the music and everything, that, that era, you know, when they show the interior of, of the houses and the skate scene and the skate parks. And it, de- it definitely stood out. It's definitely one for the books. And it's not, it's not a movie that I will ever forget. So... But, you know, you know what the funny thing is, uh, after all these years, now looking back, I was thinking, how privileged are these white kids in their first world hedonistic living lifestyle? Um, everyone, including like the adults, are up to no good in a small neighborhood. And um, they all came to be Trump voters in 2017. No, but yeah, that was the the movie breakdown. Um, if you decide to go see it, then well, I've already spoiled it all for you. But uh, it's just as fucked up, and maybe I've missed some parts. But if you want to go see it, then uh, check it out. Uh, I believe you can stream it somewhere. You can usually stream indie films uh, somewhere online these days. So, anyways, guys, uh, I won't be doing too many of these. I don't think I'll be doing another one. But it's just it's just this one. I thought it'd be a cool thing to do for this for this episode. It's just that this seems to be a running theme in my head. Uh, the influence from my writing, my craft, uh, things I'd like to shoot, the music uh, I'm into. So, Yeah, guys, thanks for listening again. uh, This is Life in General, and I'll talk to you guys later. Okay, that was great. But further, our next number, which is even greater, by a man even greater, Lamar Vinoy. Yeah. (laughs) 